What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022, and welcome back to the Entertainment Outhouse. This is Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. Hello. And Jared Buckendall. It's the Pickle Weasel Podcast. Pickle Weasel Podcast is back. That is our official new name. Uh, that's a big surprise to start the year. No, that's that's not true. Yes, we don't is. have the energy to do a rebrand right now, but <laughs> we are excited to be back in the saddle yeah we are took a little bit of time off around the holidays it's been a bit since we've gotten to talk movies it's a lot of movie talk today we are this is our first episode of 2022 happy new year to everyone hope you enjoyed the holiday season we were disappointed that we didn't get to join y'all for our live entertainment outhouse back before christmas i came down with the covid and so wasn't able to do that episode and so we took some time off while i was in quarantine, took a little holiday break, got recharged, and uh, we're all excited to get back in the new year. So now we've got, luckily, because nothing is happening in January, we still got to recap 2021. So that's going to be a big part of today, uh, this week's episode. We're going to do uh, Mambo number five this week of our top films from 2021. Always uh, a fun thing for us. I think this is now, what'll this be now, the fifth time? Is this the fifth one? Because it started in 2017. Yeah. 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. This is the fifth oh, time. Oh, my sweet monkey. It is. Wow. That's a a meta Mambo number five here. We're going to be oh, ranking man. off. Man, you're oh, going to get a long list of- the best of every year. Yeah, we're actually going to do a Mambo do number five of our year. favorite Mambo number five top movies of the year. So oh. It's not even the <laughs> movies itself. It's our favorite list. Okay. That would be pretty good. My favorite, ooh, my favorite list. That 2017 was a pretty solid one. That one had a, I remember Logan Lucky being in that one as a ooh. surprise. And I Joe think Bang. Spider-Man Homecoming was that year. Uh, Star Wars, I think The Last Jedi maybe was that year. Great, great year. 17 would be on my list. Of, wow. Guys, it's all my job movies of the year. Some good lists so though. This- so this podcast has as much experience as Tom Holland has as being Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. We're wow. better at Crazy. Spider-Man, actually. Holy crap. Swing that crane over, baby. We're recording a podcast. <laughs> and we've made almost as much money as Tom Holland during that time as well. <laughs> so it's been, uh, it's been good. I don't know about you guys. We've gotten to play games and stuff over the last few weeks while we've had downtime. But I th- we, were, we were talking the other day about just like... It's a weird thing. We've got a long list of reviews that we definitely won't get to today, but it's like a weird, we're like backed up. We've got, we've got like a movie blue balls because we've seen a bunch oh, of movies God. and we haven't gotten to talk about them. So, Rack them um, up. Yeah. Watch out folks. Uh, we're ready to unload this week. Uh, the majority of stuff we talk about will be our, our lists from 2021, but We'll, we'll recap the holiday season, I think, on Socially Constipated, which you can expect on Monday. We are hoping to get back on schedule to start the year. That's my New Year's resolution is to do this podcast. Keep an eye out for more episodes, and we'll talk about what's been going on with us in the last few weeks. But, Seth, a, a packed December to round out the year. We're getting into Oscar season. I know you've been down to the indie theater a couple of times. You must be a happy man right now. You're seeing movies left and right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of more disappointment now because, yeah, a lot of the stuff is done. I think we, we've seen a majority, if not all, of this stuff that'll be around for Oscar time at this point. So got one more trip down to the Indie Theater this week, and then that might be it for a little bit. I guess it's d- different from la- last year. Oscar season, I guess, did go like into February before they cut off. So mm-hmm. back to normal, it does feel like a bit of a short a short year. And Jared, I know you've been busy. Lots of uh, 
Marvel content. We had Hawkeye, uh, now into Boba Fett, the Mandalorian spinoff, bunch of major movies. I needed a lot of Spidey content, some Matrix stuff. You've got some fun stuff going over there on the TikTok. It's been a busy last month for you, from, from what I can tell. Everything's busy over there, man. Just cranking them out. Whatever the people want, the people get. What I want to make doesn't matter. It's the people. (laughs) (laughs) The people want Spider-Man. I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) You got to give the people what they want. I saw a funny TikTok and it was was this girl. She said, uh, trying to be relevant on TikTok in December of 2021. And uh, it, this wasn't a movie person at all. She was just like kind of a lifestyle person. And it was just an empty frame. And then she just walked into it wearing a Spider-Man suit. <laughs> and just kind of shrugged and walked off. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I do be like that. For a, There was a lot of Spidey shit there for a while. I think we're past it, but it's very much still in the movie theaters. We're not going to do a big, long Spider-Man spoiler cast. We would have. Feels too late to do now, but... There will likely be some Spider-Man mentions uh, on either this episode Ooh, or some of the tease. ones upcoming. A little bit of a tease there, but sorry about missing the the Spidey boat with the spoiler cast, but um, we'll get to it. Don't worry. Lots of big stuff out there. It, it's a good reminder after a break like this for folks to keep an eye out there on sociallyconstipatedpod.com. So you can keep up with all of our episodes, see when we post. Not only that, but you can go to the Meet the Guys page and and follow all of our personal social media profiles as well as the socially constipated social media profiles. Just so that that way, if we do disappear for a little bit, if one of us is fighting off death, then uh, you could still keep keep up to date. If you were missing us and you're not over on JBuck Studios, TikTok, and YouTube, make sure that you don't miss the stuff over there. At Jared Buckendall. Dude never stops. Um, Do it. Hopefully we're going to get back into a little bit more of a rhythm uh, to start the year this year. So hopefully we'll be consistent out with some content. And we've got a few new things that we are uh, hoping to get to in 2022. So lots of fun surprises and things coming down the, the pipe and some stuff in the queue that we're hoping to get some time to work on and, and share with you guys that we're pretty excited about. So all of that stuff. Welcome back uh, once again here in the Entertainment Outhouse. And we're going to get right into things. We've got a lot of movies to talk about. We're going to start by recapping 2021 with this week's Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. So it was a big year for movies, a lot of big blockbusters. You guys did a lot better job of seeing movies than I did. So my list is probably going to look like that of a pretty basic bitch, maybe with exception to a couple of of surprises. We're each going to count down our top five movies from 2021. And I imagine we'll have a long list of honorable mentions as well. For folks who have not heard Mambo number five before, if we get to, if I mention a movie, for example, that is also on one of the other guys' lists, but higher, then we will kick that can down the road. You'll um, kick it. And we'll talk about that movie when it's ranked highest. That way we're not having to retread things. So if you hear about a can kick, that is what we're referring to. We'll see if we have any of those this week. We have not seen each other's lists. We were laughing earlier because a lot of these movies I forgot came out this year. Some of them feel like I watched when I was a teenager. It's been so long. But I will kick things off here. Seth, if you wouldn't mind leading me into uh, this top five. (laughs) Thank you. My first movie is going to be... (laughs) Sorry. Number five. 
There it is. You gotta get those chords lubed up. It's been a little bit. <laughs> Lubing them chords. The, the bass is back. Oh, gosh. It sounds like Seth is a quitter. <laughs> you guys are nasty. The fifth movie on my list. Really enjoyed this one. It was a positive surprise for me. Got out to the theater. I've got The Last Duel at number five. I'm sure you guys remember this one. I'd be surprised if it was at the top of your guys' list. Am I clear to go? You got that can all to yourself. I, I figured. I'm so sorry. I didn't see this one. Oh, I didn't realize. I forgot you hadn't no, seen I it. No, I still haven't yet. I, I I need to. Man. Well, just like a can of Miller Lite in our fridge in college, uh, I'm the only one that is going to be partaking <laughs> in this can. Last Duel, this is, of course, the uh, old European set in France in like the 1400s or something. You've got Ben Affleck. You've got Matt Damon. You've got Adam Driver and uh, Jodie Comer starring and Adam Driver and, and Matt Damon are at odds because Jodie Comer has accused Adam Driver's character of a sexual assault. And so <gasps> very dramatic. We talked uh, when we reviewed this very cool structure of this movie where you've got act one is Matt Damon's perspective. Act two is Adam Driver's perspective. Act three finishes with Jodie Comer's perspective as the accuser. I thought this was interesting. There was some modern issues you know around kind of the, the me too topics uh, that that i think even in that old time uh, kind of translate in interesting ways it was acted wonderfully with the exception of ben affleck who was very weird in this but jody comer was amazing loved the structure loved the noise ridley scott was he just blew his entire load budget wise on on violence and loudness but still had I think of creative plot, great dialogue. Really, really enjoyed this one. Didn't expect to be in my top five, but when I left, I was like, that was fucking one of my top movies of the year. So I uh, had to give some love to Last Duel, which uh, which I liked quite a bit. Uh, and it was a good theater watch too because of the sound. I don't know if it'll translate as well at home, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that one. And like House of Gucci came out like, what, like a month or so later, which mm-hmm. was also a Ridley Scott movie. And so it, it definitely some contrast with him with the movies this year. I preferred Last Duel over House of Gucci, but entertaining movie for sure. He was making his way around Europe. He, that was set in France, and then he went up to Italiano. Hey, Baba Gucci, it's me, Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I am going to go with my number five, and I'm curious if you guys, I don't even know if you guys saw this movie. It is Disney's Encanto. I saw it. But you're free to have that can, sir. Ooh, that can is mine. I'm going to cherish this can. Unless Cody has it. Ooh, wait, Cody. I damn near saw this this weekend, but I just missed it. I I think I will like it a lot, but I've not gotten to it yet. I don't know, man. This movie, I went in not having a damn clue what it was about or anything, and then finding out that, you know, Lin-Manuel obviously had a influence in the music, and it was just a feel-good movie about kind of, you know, family and fitting in and kind of being an outcast. Essentially, the plot is like, you know, this family lives in this secluded area. They have each kind of superpowers or powers to help the family. There's a magical house, but then the power or the magic is slowly going away, so they have to solve it. But uh, it's a musical, and the music is the thing that has grown on me so much. Like, I'm hearing it everywhere. Uh, It's, like, on some of the top Spotify lists out there. I watched this over Christmas with my family because I I didn't even realize it was on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, this is a this is a top notch Disney animated movie, and it's it's got everything. So if you're looking for any of what I just said, uh, thumbs up, and the music will be stuck in your your uh, your old noggin. 
<laughs> yeah, this came out on D plus on Christmas Eve, and it's been on my list since. I'm excited to see this one. It, you guys spoke very highly of it when you reviewed it a few weeks back, so I'm stoked, especially because it was one of your top movies of the year. One of my top <laughs> movies of the year. Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy that one as well. I agree with what you said, just not one of my top. My number five, I'm going to go ahead and just let you guys, you know, take the can and run with it because I have Spider-Man here. <laughs> yep, that one's going 66 yards over the fucking uprights. Yeah, All not right. a lot of drama probably, but uh, yeah, we'll yeah. wait on Spider-Man. <laughs> that movie sucks. <laughs> number four. I'm excited to just say this title because I think it's going to be one of those where you guys are like, oh yeah, that was a really nice movie, I hope. My number four, I have The Mitchells versus The Machines. Mm. We, we, we gotta kick that man okay. oh no we, we that. <laughs> that, I thought we might that's a, that's, a, that's a kicker I loved this one I can't wait to talk about it a lot of animated on your list uh, what do you got it for though number four and again you know like all of these movies I was talking before the show there was like six or seven movies I wanted to put it like number four and five but I, I just couldn't do that so number four just from uh, the visuals the way I felt everything I'm going with Dune ooh this is my first one out. Loved Dune. Oh, wow. I'm surprised. I'm glad I got into other other people's fives. Yeah, I was surprised This is too. my 10 for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dune was fucking well done. Yeah, Dune. I mean, I wish I would have seen this in a movie theater rather than on my TV. But just even on the TV, you know, it was a not your big-in-your-face kind of sci-fi action movie. It was more kind of laid out. There's story-driven. I mean, we all kind of mentioned at one point on this podcast that it felt like the next big sci-fi world you know it kind of felt like a star wars and the more and more is that I a star war hey is that <laughs> one of them star wars they on a sand planet right now that guy's <laughs> surfing on a worm yeah i don't know man it's stacked cast uh, i mean a few hiccups here or there it didn't end strong i will say that last 10 minutes didn't end too strong but it definitely set it up you know they're they're gonna make more or they already are making more if you like sci-fi stuff, definitely check it out. But I will warn you that it's a little bit slower. It's not, again, like Star Wars, there's like these bigger action pieces. And this does have action, but it's, I think we all kind of agreed that the fight stuff didn't work the best, just the way it was all set up. I don't like that shield thingy. Yeah, the shield thingy. Again, people, if, you're, if you've seen this or you're going to watch it, uh, watch out for the shield thingy. But the, uh, the music, the score, man, it felt very like epic video game-esque. Uh, I liked it. The reason this just missed my top five, because I, th- I think ultimately Dune is a better film than some of the stuff I saw, but you, you, you made this point, Jared. I think I just, it still feels incomplete to me. I'm 10 mm-hmm. out of 10 on it right now. I, I want to see the second half. And then I think the in total, it might be in my top five movies ever if the second half of it is as good as the first. But I think that is why the pacing was a little slow and there wasn't quite as much action. I think on the back end with part two coming out, 2023, I think, I think that's really going to give us the, it's going to satisfy the the craving mm. that the first half gave us. So I'm really stoked for that. This was perfectly, Denis Villeneuve, I don't know if he's my favorite filmmaker, but I, he's probably the best. Like I, Every single one of his movies is in my top 15 movies ever. I, I, I don't know who the fuck else you can say that about. <laughs> but you sure love uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, Ooh, besides that, that one. That's not, a, that's not a Denis Villeneuve movie as far as I'm concerned. So. <laughs> my number four. I don't know, Jared, I don't know if you have this one. Belfast. I have it number four. Oof, no. I think, again, that was like just missing the cusp of everything. So yeah. go for it. Yeah, Belfast. Uh, Kenneth Branagh directed and wrote it. 
basically loosely based on his life uh, as a kid and his his discovering love of, of film in Belfast, uh, Ireland, taking place during is it the civil the the war that I think it's the War of the Worlds. <laughs> yeah, Tom Cruise <laughs> is there. Irish uprising or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, like yeah, it's like a it's essentially like a civil up. war. Nineteen uh, sixties. Yeah, it was like a um, the Troubles. It looks like is what it's called. An ethno-nationalist conflict in Northern Iowa that lasted 30 yep. years from the 60s to 1998. So the yeah. Troubles, Troubles or the Northern huh. Ireland conflict. So it takes place around that time, but essentially it's him, you know, his story growing up and finding film. And it's black and white, but they do have some uh, really cool and some impactful moments where they do some things with uh, this, you know, with different colors and you know, different things with the camera. I, I really like this one a lot. It's it's charming. You know, it's got some, some emotional moments, but it's charming. Uh, the kid who plays, essentially, who is Kenneth Branagh, is fantastic. But yeah, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, I agree with uh, what you're saying. There's some fun Easter eggs in there about Kenneth Branagh and, you mm-hmm. know, the movies that he's made. I still say the one part that was my favorite, I think I just got really joyful tears, was Jamie Dornan singing in that mm-hmm. scene and them dancing and everything. It was just, it was so joyful. Mm-hmm. Man. This is one of those movies I'm certain I'm going to like when I see it. Mm-hmm. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. So it, it remains on the list with a lot of other great movies from last year for me. Number three. I really enjoyed, and this was a hard one to put at three even, The Harder They Fall on Netflix. Mm. This was the Western movie. You had a shitload of cast in this. Jonathan Majors, uh, Idris Elba, Regina King, Zazie Beetz. A shitload of... Bl- I, think, I, don't, I think they got every black actor to, uh, to be in this movie. The first Western that I'm aware of, almost entirely a black cast. And they definitely make a point here to remind you that there were black people in the Old West. And then also really put that stamp of the culture on this. The, the score really stood out. I remember that being something Jared told me about before I saw it. And it is, it's like, you, you didn't think you wanted Old West meets hip hop. Meets reggae. Meets reggae, yeah. Yeah. But you want it, trust me. And this was a movie that, just like in any Western, there's like a scene at some at a certain point where they're like getting geared up for like the final showdown. And I remember because of everything that had happened in the movie and what was promised for the final act, I remember going into that and watching him gear up and just being like, let's fucking go. I, like, I'm ready <laughs> for this fucking standoff. And it, it did not disappoint. I thought it was, I think some people will, will, will say that it's, it's not insanely creative plot wise for a Western, but I think what they did stylistically and the way that the cast was here, uh, and there's some pretty satisfying surprises mixed in here. I really, and this is one out of all the movies on my top five here, this one is is maybe the most likely that I'm going to rewatch it several mm. times. It just is that kind of mood for me. I really dug this one. It came off a strong recommendation for Jared, or I might not have gotten to it, but it was a winner for sure on Netflix. Yeah, this one, ju- I mean, everything you're saying, yeah, top notch. It it just missed my top five. It's definitely in my top ten. I went back and saw this one later on, too. and definitely agree with what you guys are saying as well. You guys already covered it. <laughs> and I, I'm curious here. We got Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm. Honorable mention for me. I, I, I hoped one of you guys would put it on because I loved it, but it didn't quite crack it for me. Ooh. Am I getting a third can to myself? You're, hey, take all these cans. Oh You're going to be hammered gosh, here. My <laughs> is full, people. Oh, my gosh. Ghostbusters. This was a great surprise. And sure, there's some things that didn't work, but I it was like... 
the nostalgia. It was this coming of age. It was that summertime feel kind of child adventure. Everything that they did in this, uh, aside from, you know, there's definitely something at the end that I'm questionable. Um, <laughs> I had a fun time with it. I mean, Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. it was, they, they seemed to take a lot of care with the story and how they weaved new with old and the passing of the proton pack essentially i'm curious and and excited and intrigued on the uh, direction that they're going with maybe new era of the ghostbusters but it was just i i just remember sitting in the imax it, it was nothing but a fun time i definitely got emotional at times i definitely was laughing it was all around a feel-good movie had yeah, good stuff ghostbusters did not expect that one I never thought I could be surprised by nostalgia, but they, there was some secret Ghostbusters love hidden in me, and they went and found it and dug it out and made me cry. <laughs> fucking Ecto-1, mm-hmm. or what, uh, whatever the car is called. Uh, I was all over And y- y- I get that it's a little bit of a divisive finale in, in this movie, but I was eating it up. Like, I, I did not. <laughs> I was surprised when, when I heard afterwards that, some, that it was mixed reaction to the ending. I was like, no, that fucking worked for me. And... Uh, I know Seth wasn't as into it because you're a little more cheese aware than I am, but I was I was deep in the cheese Eating in this that movie. Cheese, <laughs> that old, old wine and cheese platter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did like it too. I like the movie a lot. The ending did did a little bit sour it for me, but overall I liked it a lot. I'm I'm a big Jason Reitman fan. My number three. I almost said my one more thing. My one more thing. <laughs> what is it? Tell me. Tick tick boom. I'm so glad this made. I had to keep this out of mind, but uh, it was right behind. Yeah, I I loved this one, and I'm I'm I was shocked at how much I loved it. This is one that I did have a chance to to go check out in the theater before it released on Netflix, and I mean Andrew Garfield is so good. I really hope he gets nominated for this. I think he should. He's just so good as, as Jonathan Larson is uh, the what the movie's about. A uh, guy who wrote Rent, and it's really about his one man show. It's like a basically a recreation of his one man show with scenes acted in between kind of talking about what he talks about in the one-man show the music is awesome lin-manuel miranda so it's got his style all over it god it's i love it It, it's honestly my top three are all very very close for me but again yeah not a musical guy kind of came out of nowhere wasn't expecting anything out of this movie and i walked out absolutely loving it so really hope it gets nominated but more more on top of that i hope that garfield gets nominated because he is amazing in this one yeah, Tick Tick Boom's fantastic. I'm curious if uh, part of the storyline of him, you know, beating this mental deadline of 30 had a little bit of an impact yeah. on you. Yeah, yeah, probably. I think I watched this the week of yeah, my 30th like birthday. Right yeah, and it was right after you guys had that insane birthday surprise for me. So I was feeling the 30 thing when I watched this. And my takeaway from the movie was I can't believe I've never heard of this musical because the, the songs in it were amazing. Uh, I agree with you, Seth. I, I think Garfield should be on the short list because he's very rangy in this. He he goes a lot of places, uh, and then to do it in a musical is obviously a bonus. I loved this. There's songs, as you were talking about it, I was thinking in my head that you feel bad because I feel yep. bad. And it's just like so, I think that's made its way around TikTok and things. And so I was glad that it brought some attention to the, because I, I, was, I was surprised I had never heard of this musical, but Garfield... Uh, Andrew Garfield having himself a year, and um, it's well-earned, amazing actor, so it's good for him to get that showcase. Number two. Of the movies on my top five, this was maybe the biggest surprise for me, and it was The Green Knight. Mm -hmm. This was, like, I've got some comedy on here, I've got some emotional stuff, I've got, like, great scores and 
and, and different things. But in terms of a, like a deep, to me, a deep, meaningful, like made me think about my life movie, this was that this year for me. Like I, I was on, I went to this twice in the theater, which I very rarely do. Dev Patel in this was super good. Very subtle performance, but I think impactful. It's a lot of reacting to the shit going on around him. And I think it's one of those movies where his job as the main character isn't to drive the action, it's to serve as a proxy for the person watching. And I think if you are in that position going along this journey with him and kind of learning the lessons he's meant to be learning along the way. It was just a really cool exploration for me to go through and it's obviously super gorgeous. The effects in here are magnificent in that you don't know what they are. Like you can watch this movie and I would say, okay, what effects do you think weren't practical? And you probably can't name any. Everything looked so well done in frame. Uh, what they did effect-wise was just amazing. It is a little bit confusing and very poetic, which I think is going to drive some people away. But if you're down and you're, you're ready to like really uh, be thoughtful and listen to what's going on, I, I think a lot of the, the coolness of this movie is for afterwards when you think back to it. Maybe like read a little bit and see like what each of his kind of trials throughout the film as he makes his way through this journey is meant to teach him. So this was, I, I just thought it was amazing. I think it, in terms of like art, like cinema, this this is the, the movie out of my top five that I think is like <laughs> cinema, chef's kiss. <laughs> Nothing says cinema like a, like a jizz belt. Oh, no, no other movie this year had the balls. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> the literal balls. <laughs> Squirrel nuts! <laughs> I think that that one just missed my top five, top ten. I don't know. It was up there for sure. It made me think, like you're saying. It made me think about things, and it was just sometimes... Like sometimes, Jizzy Belts? Yeah, Jizzy Belts. Jizzy Belts is also my porn name. Um <laughs> It's also interesting, like you're saying, to look at the budget and how well or beautiful it looks. Yeah, like it makes you really pissed off when there's bad CGI in a Marvel movie, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, how did A24 make this movie with $6 and a can of beans? Like, this is insane. <laughs> well, they borrowed some beans from you with all those cans you got. I know, my pantry's packed. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of beans... My number two is a can kick from earlier, Mitchell's versus The Machine. Oh, wow. Pour those beans all over me, baby. Oh, yeah. Pour some beans. Beans. <laughs> I'm looking at my list now, and I'm wondering if it's this weird thing of, like, family. Like, a close-knit family. Well, F9 isn't on there, so no, it's I not know. about okay, family. Okay, you're right, you're right. I, I the detract. fuck is wrong with you? Please cut that from the record, folks. Yeah. <laughs> If you wanted a family list, you yeah. would get fucking Dom Toretto on there. That's cinema, folks. Cinema. I don't know. I think it was just the fact that it was like quirky. It was it was goofy. It's from the same Phil Lord Chris Miller who did uh, the Lego Movie. They did Spider. The Last Man on Earth. The Last Man on Earth, which uh, I'm gonna take your uh, your recommendation from it. I haven't seen that. <laughs> I don't know. Again, it had that weird flavor. It had the family road trip. It had a lot of weird, quick jokes. It had very specific weird jokes. It had good callbacks. Again, at the very end, it just had a heartwarming kind of message about you know growing up, but also staying with your, staying connected to your family and whatnot. So that's one that what that came out in May, I want to say, and that's really stuck with me since. It was a big surprise for me until I. 
because I was like mid-movie or maybe even at the end of the movie when I realized that Sony Animation Studios did this. It doesn't look like Into the Spider-Verse, but they're being so creative with the, with what they're doing with the animation over there. This looks like no other movie. So to, to have it technically be so well done, to, for it to look that good, be that funny, and also be as, as actually deep as it is, I was crying big time at different parts of this. It's well documented on this show. We're all suckers for the transition between high school and college. And, and that is kind of where this takes place. So very well done. I laughed my head off. And it, it I said this before about the harder they fall, when they get into the third act and, and it's ready for you know the, the, the climax of the movie, I again was like, let's fucking go. It, it, felt, <laughs> it felt a little weirder in this because of the, way, the circumstance of everything, but I really enjoyed it. I, I, I wanted to have at least one animated movie on my list and I was really back and forth between this and uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, which I also well, thought was incredibly well done. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going with Mitchells and the Machines because I didn't cry during Raya. My number two is, I, well, I know, I definitely know what everyone else's number one is. So I know this isn't a can kick, but it's Come On, Come On. It's my second black and white movie on my list. Very uh-huh. close, very close to making my top five. This one was, so it's Joaquin Phoenix, moves in temporarily with, to take care of his nephew and his uh, sister has to go away. And so the movie is uh, primarily about their relationship. This kid is a little eccentric, a little weird. He's dealing with some stuff at home. And so this movie is about, you know, this kid kind of opening up to Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix is also going through some stuff in his life. He works also as a essentially an interviewer, interviewing kids and asking about what they think about the world. So there's stuff going on there. Joaquin Phoenix in this one, very reserved compared to what we've seen him recently. People can, you know, say how incredible the, the you know, him as the Joker was and all that stuff. And yeah, it, what he had to do was very impressive. But I love this shit way more. This, like, personal story, like, this very toned down, telling a nice story here. And that's what this is. I mean, I this is one that I was at the theater. I had a tear going down my eye during this one. A bunch of dudes in front of me were also doing the same thing. A lot of sniffling. Didn't quite make me cry as much as my number one. Uh, which we'll get into that in a minute because no movie's ever done that. Um, <laughs> but Come On, Come On was was fantastic. Great performances all around. Loved, loved the chemistry between Joaquin Phoenix and the and the kid. I fully recommend this one. It's, it's an A24 movie, but there's no crazy twist. There's no ghosts that come out of nowhere. It's just like a there's really no nice... Man. You no know, goat man. <laughs> it's a movie that's just like... It's just a really solid, really nice story. Really well done. Very simple. And the chemistry between those two is off the charts. So that's what you go to watch it for. I loved it so much. You're saying the chemistry works so well. I think you've mentioned a couple times that, like, Joaquin Phoenix is just a guy that, like, you don't notice that it's him. You're just like, I'm watching an actor do his Mm -hmm. thing on this uh, and whatnot. The thing that I really enjoyed about this was the fact that, like, it's, like, this childhood wonder of him. The the kid just kind of saying – well, why don't you do that? Like, you know, him him talking to an adult and is like, oh, I can't talk to my ex because problems. And he's like, yeah, you can. Just just call her. Just tell, right. her, tell her how you feel. But also the one thing that is, like, not necessarily – well, it's part of the movie. It's, it's the credits. And mm-hmm. it's them using all of the – like, during the whole credits is just more and more of these questions of the audio of him asking these children questions – and them answering. And again, I can't remember verbatim what the one of the last questions or answers was, but it like ripped my heart out. 
Like, it made <laughs> me feel something. And, yeah, I totally agree with you, man. This is one that, um, just like basically Seth's whole list, I am I, certain I will like this based on what I've heard. I just haven't gotten to it. But big Joaquin Phoenix fan. Hopefully I'll get to this one. Is it out there right now? It's got to be out by now I think on VOD. It's, it's on streaming, yeah. I think it's like a $20 rental right now. But I agree with what you said too, uh, Seth, about the Joker. Even though it's less sexy, I, I think it's harder to act as an actual person. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the Joker, he can do whatever he wants as the Joker and it's going to look like cinema. But here he's... <laughs> a- he's crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> Yeah, like you could you could literally fart on screen and people would be like, he's such a brilliant Joker, and yeah. and, and you can't do that in a movie like this. And I to be to to pull it in and be more controlled and to have to act against a kid too is a challenge. So you know he gets points for that. And Joaquin Phoenix, he's probably never going to get enough credit, but he's one of the like mm-hmm. actually fucking incredible actors that we have right now. Yep, number one, Spider Man. Like, yeah. <laughs> like who who. <laughs> I probably before you guys even knew we were doing the Mambo, you guys knew. I damn near yeah. it was a little behind the scenes. I almost just took it out of consideration. But if it's in the list, it's on the top. As great as the other five movies in my list were, Spider-Man has all of everything that's in all of my other four movies is in Spider-Man. Plus Spider-Man. <laughs> Plus it's got Spider-Man. And <laughs> I'm going to really try not to talk too much about it just in case there is someone out there who hasn't seen it. But this for me, it's it's unfair, really. And that, that's why I thought about taking it out of consideration. Like it is perfectly done for what it is. Like sometime in a meeting, they sat down and said, we want to do this. And then they got it fucking perfect. And like, I won't hear otherwise. It's not even like, oh, there's a couple things I think I, they could have done. Nope. Perfect. And it's so impressive that Marvel is still able to do that sometimes. For me, and, and I know to some extent you guys and my, my brother shared the same thing, uh, Spider-Man has always been such an important part of my life. And I felt like they made this entire movie to say, we know. Like everything that's great about Spider-Man was in here. And I think for people who grew up with him or for people who liked him way back when, or for people who were just making their way onto Spider-Man, it is just the perfect interpretation of Spider-Man and and what he's supposed to know and do and learn. And it's a weird thing to say about a Marvel movie, but it's it's an excellent character study. The emotional arc that uh, Peter goes through in this um, along with all of the the other folks in this, they somehow managed, the most talked about movie of the year still managed to get a couple surprises in that worked fantastically, I thought. And just like we've, we would said all fall, they're giving us a lot. I, I really hope that whatever they're not giving us is worth it. And it was by 10 million points. So I need to breathe a little bit. So I'll take this movie's dick out of my mouth for a second. Um, <laughs> I know everybody's high on it, but like, I liked it too much to yell about how much I liked it. I, I just am like resigned to the fact that Marvel just, they just got me. And I'm just like, okay, fine. I'm yours. You got me, Marvel. Tens uh, <laughs> across the board. Twelves if you got them. I don't, I, I not only don't have a bad thing to say about this movie, but I will get in a fist fight with someone who does. Anyone who wants to offer criticism for Spider-Man, you're welcome to. But I, I'll spend about half an hour telling you you're wrong. So be, be aware. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of the few that I saw twice this year. I think my maybe the only one. I can't disagree with you. I mean, it's it's they nailed it. Had a lot of concerns going in. All the surprises were awesome. All the moments were really cool. Super fun theater experience. First time 
definitely the most fun I've had at the theater this year, for sure. Uh, I think it's pretty much the only movie I saw twice this year. It, it was a nice a second time, and I'm still saying it. The, the best line in the whole goddamn movie, Norman's on sabbatical, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way he says honey. Yeah, yeah it's so good. So... I mean, it's it's definitely servicing uh, the the fandom and whatnot, but they do a very good job of doing it. Fan service done impeccably well. I I said it about a couple other movies that oh, time for the third act, like let's fucking go. There's a level that is ten notches above what I said about those other movies, and it's me. And this is true actually getting out of my fucking seat at one point like i like le- i like was I, fortunately i was alone i caught this the first time it was 10:30 a.m. on a friday and i was obviously on the edge of my fucking seat the whole time but probably you guys know what i'm talking about but there's a part as they're they're really getting into the action late in the film and i like lean forward so much with excitement that i like for a second was standing like i was in a crouch <laughs> but i was like let's go i was like you know how a little kid gets so pumped up and they're just like Aah! like i was doing that for a long mm. time in between you know snot coming out of me and every other i think i i expelled every single bodily function during this movie and no film has oh, ever no. quite done that and maybe that makes me a basic bitch because spider-man does that to me but i am fucking fine with that because that is something I'm not going to... I'm probably never going to forget seeing that for the first time or the second time. And I'll probably watch it a million times before I stop again. So I'm sure your guys' number ones were fine too, but... <laughs> <laughs> Jared, we probably have the same one, if I were guessing. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm very curious. Can you speak up, Jared? I, mean, I, I can't quite hear. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm four for four of, of getting my can. I would, I would hope well, to get a five out of five, but my number one is Coda. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't see this because it probably would be mine too, and that would be less dramatic. <laughs> oh, man. I, I mean, we've brought it up a handful of times, but the second I saw was done watching this movie back in January. It's been about a year since I saw this movie yep. for the first time. I had never, I don't even think cried that hard during a breakup or or a life event. Like, this movie fucking rocked me. But, like, joyful, happy, just so many tears. Like, there's so there's a, there's a couple moments in this movie that what they do it's like it needs to be studied because it's a scientific thing that just instantly you just it turns on the waterworks man coming of age story like you're saying i again i think we we all embody like a 17 or 18 year old girl going to college for some reason because those movies <laughs> always stand out to me the family dynamic the 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 quirkiness the jokes between them that the dynamic the you know her wanting to follow this dream but having this hardship as well I cannot recommend, like, every time I have the chance, I'm like, go watch this movie. Completely agree, once again. I didn't cry like a, a, you know, like a breakup cry, but it's easily the most I've cried watching a movie. The last 30 minutes, the entire time. I mean, it's definitely an emotional movie, but there's just some, like, downright, the scenes that really start, kind of, like, start to make you go are, like, there's not a word set in these scenes mm-hmm. you know it's like it's it's based off of what you're seeing on the screen and that i mean that's just downright you know good movie making right there but man i mean the performances are awesome the music is awesome i, I have i had no reason to cry as much as i did watching this movie but damn right i did and i'm gonna watch it again sometime soon watch this now like if you have apple um or if you don't have apple get apple it's one of my favorites not only just you know this year but 
in a long time. Unfortunately, it's the uh, behind this weird Apple wall, and I wish more people had access to it. I think it's going to get a lot of Oscar love. So hopefully that gives it a push and maybe a re-release in the theater. I don't know, but hopefully fi- folks find their way to this. It has been the top movie on my list of movies to watch, and it, it's that situation that I hate being in, and I'm commonly in it. I, I know I'm going to love it, and so I just really want to be in the right headspace when I sit down for it. And so I've gotten overly picky about when I watch it, but I, before the Oscars, I certainly will. And um, I'm very, very, very excited because you guys have been on this for literally 12 months, and, uh, <laughs> and it sounds like it's well-earned. I've not heard anybody else say a bad... I've not heard anybody else say anything besides, like, magnificent perfection about the movie. Like, there's always someone who doesn't like some shit. I don't know where they are for Coda. So I'm not surprised that it was your guys' top one because I've heard you guys talk about it. But if nothing else, I hope that folks who haven't heard of it and are maybe hearing about it for the first time here make their way to it because everybody's seeing Spider-Man. I'm not changing anybody's fucking mind or life by saying Spider-Man's cool. But um, from the sounds of it, this is one people need to make their way to. And it'll be a shame if they miss it. So I'll let the show know when I make when I uh, watch it. Oh, yeah. I'll probably have to cancel that week because I'll be too emotional. But. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's all my top movies of the year. <laughs> top movies of the year. You said something before, Jared, that I've been thinking about since. You said that there was a maybe a theme to your top five. You had like kind of the family theme. I know you had a couple of like black and white ones. Seth, if there's, if you guys had to put like, is, is there an, is there a pattern to your top five? Do you think if you look at your list now, like does something stick out to you besides what you've already said about it? I, I mean, I think all my movies are generally, they're pretty, all mine except for Spider-Man are all pretty focused on one character and a family. Like the Belfast, Come On, Come On, and Coda are all family stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom is kind of, I mean, all of them. At, at the end, even though there's some sad stuff, all of them at the end made me feel good. So, Almost like a, kind of sounds like a, ah, this isn't the perfect way to put it, but like the black sheep kind of. Like there's a unique character at the center of those movies that goes on a journey. And that that's in line with yeah. what I, I think your taste is. I think that makes sense. That's kind of what mine is like. I've got kind of the, the hero's journey in a lot of mine. Spider-Man, Green Knight, Heart of They Fall, all centered around characters kind of making a, a, a journey that is maturing them in, in the way they need it. Even Mitchell's versus the Machines with the, the lead daughter. Last Duel is a little bit different from that, but I guess that would be mine. Jared, the family element, I, I think you already said, stuck out to you. What Did you see anything else when you look back through yours? No, I think it's pretty much just the family thing because there's Coda, there's Encanto, there's Mitchell's versus the Machines, Ghostbusters kind of on there. I think the only outlier is Dune in, in a roundabout way, which now looking at it, it's like, that shouldn't even be in the list with those other four. <laughs> well, I mean, even in Dune, there's there is a lot of family in there. Family. His mom plays a key role, and his dad obviously plays a huge key role, and then he's got kind of the chosen family around him. I think it fits if you want it to. I noticed something, too, and I bet if we went back and listened to these now five year-end lists, I don't think the first time we did this, we ever mentioned that we cried during a movie as a benefit but we did it a lot this time um, and you know I, why you want to know what happened this year a lot of crying a lot of crying <laughs> i think no lie no lie this year is probably the most i've cried okay just in general but during movies 
easily for me it is. There was a there yeah, was a time. I, agree with that. I think a movie every week in December a week a movie made me cry. Um, yeah. And I do like that. I, I think part of it is just the world we're living in now. We're all a little bit emotionally disheveled. I wonder if we're we're softening as we age, maybe a little bit. For me, it's very fun because it's like we're really not to pat ourselves on the back, but I think we're seeing movies and we're we're really getting like the fruit of what's cool about the art of these things and, and the way that they make you feel versus just like big loud explosions. And we love big loud explosions, but if it's a big loud explosion that means something and teaches you something, I think we're gravitating toward that. I hope that means that our tastes are maturing, but uh, our show is still called The Entertainment Outhouse. So uh, <laughs> if, if we can straddle the line between shit jokes and deep emotional character studies, then I, I think we're doing what we set out to do. So uh, I love these lists. This is really good. If you haven't seen anything on our top fives, you can't go wrong with any of these as well, recommendations. I just want to be able to do a deep emotional shit study someday. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not far off the way things are going. What honorable mentions did you guys want to shout out? I've got a long list, but uh, you guys you guys checked off some of them. Yeah, I got a whole list here. King Richard was one that I liked a lot this year. One that I, I guess I can just talk about it quick as opposed to doing a review, but Licorice Pizza is one that has kind of stuck with me over the last couple of weeks. Paul Thomas Anderson... Not really many known actors. Bradley Cooper makes a, a an appearance. But it's a movie that, that kind of makes you, I, and I hope this is the intention of the filmmaker at least, but makes you think about the way you're feeling about what you're seeing. So it's kind of like one of those things. You're not analyzing the movie necessarily. You're analyzing yourself, how you're thinking about it. Mm. I really liked, I don't like Paul Thomas Anderson a lot. I haven't really liked any of his other movies that I've seen. This one I liked, though, the, the chemistry. Kind of like with, with Come On, Come On. The chemistry with the leads was really strong. So that was on my on my honorable mentions. Pig was on my honorable mentions. We already mentioned Dune. Our Friend, which is way earlier in the year, which oh, was yeah. Casey Affleck, Jason Siegel, and Dakota Johnson. That one I really liked a lot. It was uh, essentially like Dakota Johnson has cancer. She's married to Casey Affleck and her best friend's Jason Siegel. And so it's kind of like all about their relationship and that type of thing. But that was, a really, that was the first movie that made me cry this year. A couple more. Red Rocket I saw talk about that quick too simon rex from scary movie um george he's a a male porn star gets down on his luck has to uh, go back home so he can try and get back out to to la to start working again yeah (laughs) and it's about him coming back home to his wife struggling between that life that he kind of has reconnected with and then also the life of wanting to go back to la with some interesting again kind of like licorice pizza some interesting subject matter that it's like, ooh, maybe shouldn't uh, be rooting for that. Red Rocket, I enjoyed it. And then one more that uh, I got to see with Jared for, was it, I can't remember if it was Sundance or South, I think it was Sundance, but Mass. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember that one, Jared? Yep. That was acting talent to the top notch. Yeah. Cause was that Jason Isaacs? Yeah, he was one of them. Just four actors in a room having a discussion about, I mean, a lot of different things, but like religion's part of it, right? Just that's straight up four actors talking at a table for, I think it was like two hours, close to two yeah. hours. And the thing uh, is, it's so well structured yeah. because you don't know why they're there for yeah. probably 45 minutes. Right. <laughs> um, I love that. And 
it's all in the one room, all just acting at each other. It's it's really good. You you guys have pretty much mentioned almost everything on my list. I mean, some just some fun like weird things that happened this year. I mean, there was that Fear Street trilogy, which was like a Netflix like every single week they threw out a movie. That was kind of something interesting. I wouldn't say that they're good or bad, but it was it was a nice cool experiment. I think a successful then, experiment. That was a cool. Yeah. I hope they do more things like that. Quick, boom, 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 three movies, three weeks. Yeah, because the thing is, for that whole month, pretty much, people were talking about it. People were looking forward to it, being like, oh, shoot, yeah, let's watch this, like, you know, creep 80s slasher movie or this 90s slasher movie. And I think I think they structured it fairly well. Another one, and this is definitely not my speed or anything, but, like, I think it was just completely bonkers. I did, I did not expect it at all. Malignant. Like, that movie was cuckoo Oh, yeah. And I was all on board for it. I was yeah. so like, let's do this. I think I watched, like, three minutes of that and got interrupted. Because you guys, mm-hmm. I remember, you, I don't know anything about it other than holy shit. And yeah, uh, I want to see wild. it. I, I have to put that back in my queue. I forgot all about that <laughs> it's, one. Yeah, I won't say anything, but it is so, like, goofy, weird yeah. fun. There's a fun moment. It's a cool thing because, like, there's actually some pretty sweet action in it, too. Yeah, this is James Wan, right? And he's kind of just stretching in all directions. It's pretty much every movie he's made in one movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dope. But yeah, the, the reveal is pretty fun. You guys tapped me out pretty close. I mentioned Raya and the Last Dragon. I, I wanted to mention that again. It's super, super good. So the the just actors, just acting, I think my favorite one of that this year was Malcolm and Marie. It didn't get a lot of attention, but yeah. uh, I really enjoyed J.D. Washington and uh, Zendaya in that. Another black and white one, which that seems to be black and white seems to be pretty popular lately. Musicals, we mentioned a couple. A uh, huge year for Lin Manuel. He had In the Heights this year as well. We actually got to this together, and I think had a really good time, and so that was a nice surprise. One that I am surprised hasn't been mentioned at all yet, because I know we all liked it quite a bit. Last Night in Soho was, I think, a really pleasant, very unique type movie that weirdly I kind of forgot about, and but then when I saw it again on the list as I was fishing for candidates here i was like oh yeah that one was i liked that one a lot that's one i'll probably watch again i've got two that i'm not going to accuse of being great movies but experiences that i enjoyed m night Shyamalan's old Uh, i I really (laughs) enjoyed the concept of this even if it was a little hammy at times but it was a good thinker and then cop shop like my my that was fun my brain dead action movie of the year was cop shop that was a suit and i I was not going to that before you guys told me to so that was another one where i was like that was fun i guess i'll see it and i was in the theater like let's go (laughs) that's one i had that years back when i saw um, brawl and cell block 99 Mm -hmm. but it's like one of those where i know it's like action but i don't really know what it's about and don't know really what to what extent and I walked out of it and I'm like, fuck yeah. And that's how I was with Cop Shop. I'm like, yeah, that was awesome. It's when you get in the car and you realize that you've been, you've had your fist clenched for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just fucking all man. That uh, movie was way better than it had any right being. Oh, yeah. I thought Wrath of Man was a nice surprise. Again, not accusing yeah. it of being a good movie, but like that just yeah. got my testosterone boosting. Um, <laughs> Last honorable mention for me, it was nowhere near the top of my list, but it was so unique, I have to call it out. The Sparks Brothers documentary mm. I thought was incredibly well done and, and super interesting. Oh. So I liked the Sparks Brothers until I saw that fucking Annette movie. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Man. strange. What a year. What a year. It's been a fun one. That's our top movies of the year. We got uh, our top five the plus top a whole bunch 
of honorable mentions. Yeah, we'll hit it one more time. Guys, it's on my top movies of the year. Counting down 2021. Let us know who we stiffed. What what were our snubs? Jump in the comments out there at sociallyconstipatedpod.com or if you're on Spotify, uh, we'll put a question out there so you can respond right there in your Spotify app. I don't think we missed any. We covered a lot of ground. So that is this week's Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. All right, well, as expected, we took a lot of time on our list. Uh, Time well spent, if you ask me. There were a couple movies that came out right at the end of the year. Just want to do quickie mentions on. Jared and I went and saw The Matrix Resurrections. Tell me if I'm misrepresenting, Jared. I I don't think disappointing was the word, but it certainly didn't blow us away. I think for fans of The Matrix, you want to see the story continued. I I don't think it's going to win over a lot of new fans. I didn't have any real problem with it. It was just kind of... When we made a list of stuff to review for today, I forgot it. I think that's my review. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was just like, that's a movie. Yeah, which I guess that is disappointing, but the movie's fine. I thought similarly about West Side Story. I told you guys the other day, the adaptation was expertly well done. I think it was well shot, acted, sung, danced. The spectacle of the musical is amazing. If you already love West Side Story, I suspect you'll really enjoy this adaptation. It feels very true to the source material and it did all the stuff that taking something from a stage and putting it on a movie is supposed to do. That said, I just don't think I like West Side Story very much as a musical. And so I wasn't super over on this, but I thought it was, I could see the value in it, even though I wasn't so wrapped up in the story and characters. But I think Spielberg and all the actors, the newcomer who played Maria, I thought was, uh, did a very good job. A little flat for me, but expert filmmaking, if nothing else. I think I'm right there too with you where, you know, I thought it was great. I loved it. The first time seeing West Side Story, but like none of the music really popped, you know, In the Heights had more music that stood out to me. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, Encanto, that music felt more current speed, I guess. Yeah. And again, you're not going to update, you know, the music in one of the most well-known musicals, but it just, it didn't pop. Dated is that's that's my that's my characteristic to put on is is, I can tell it was written 40 years ago or however the fuck long. The last one that was a big event over Christmas, Don't Look Up. This was the new Adam McKay movie. Uh, You've got a comet coming to obliterate Earth and it's about Earth's response to it. DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence and a whole shitload of stars. I think this is an easy one to review and I'm pretty sure we all agree on this. Hilarious, expertly done comedy. Too real. Hard to to enjoy because it's very much holding a mirror up to us and it's not a flattering image, but it is very funny and well done and you get a lot of good stuff out of a lot of great actors here. I agree with you on that one. I like Don't Look Up as well. A lot of discussion about what it's talking about. Uh, A lot of people going back and forth saying who it's making fun of. Anytime there's some discussion about that, I I think that's always fun. So. If you could have a conversation with someone who you, you feel like you disagree with politically around this movie and it be cordial, I think it'd be a good exercise because it is, it's fun. I so feel sorry for anyone who unknowingly put this on at their family Christmas and started a war because yeah. I, I think that's very possible in this movie. But McKay is, he's one of my favorites lately. His last few, he's knocking them out, expert comedy. So it's, I wish it didn't seem so realistic. That was my biggest critique. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I think that it uh, definitely put a dark cloud over uh, my Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that'll happen. Don't look up West Side Story, The Matrix, all kind of uh, squeezing in before the end of the year, so we had to do a little quickie review there. As you can probably tell if you've been listening to this episode, we gotta get things finished up here and get you back to your day. So we're gonna head on to one more thing. But I'm down to one more. One more. 
nothing. So the second time I saw Spider-Man No Way Home <laughs> was at the TCL Chinese Theater in Hollywood. And there's a pretty good chance that that's where I caught COVID. And I'd have a hard time telling you it wasn't worth it. Uh, because <laughs> not only did I see Spider-Man, it was my second viewing, but I saw it in 4DX. It's not very commonly available. If you're in Iowa, I know there's one in, I think, Ankeny, and there's some others. But if you search for 4DX theaters, this is essentially a 4D experience where during the movie, your seat can vibrate, wiggle. Your seat kind of has these little punch spots. So like if Spider-Man falls on his back, these little punches will happen in your back, which had some awesome effects in the movie. Even the swinging, when Spidey would, would land on the ground with his feet, you'd feel your seat just kind of hump. And it, it added this really cool element, and Spider-Man's the perfect movie for this because of the way the action happens in it. Really made you feel like you were there. They would also pump smells in, and that was really cool, even though it caught me off guard. The best thing though, because yeah, when you smell something you don't feel like you should be smelling in a movie theater and you've forgotten that you're in a 4DX, it's very unnerving. The coolest thing, there's a scene that's very intense for Peter Parker and he's kind of in the rain, kind of at his, his low before he launches into the third act and it's this very intense moment of him pondering and he's being rained upon and it's got, he's got these big rain beads on him and it's like that, you know, you've seen it in a lot of movies, it's that really intense moment. Well, during that, it was raining in my theater. And so I was like right there. With, I was like, I got your fucking back, Peter. We're out here in this rain. I got like rain and tears in my face already. And um, just if you get a chance to do the 4DX experience, do it. And if you can still see Spider-Man, do it fucking now. So, so fun. Adds a shitload to the experience. It was did not feel gimmicky or lame. I, I was a little bit concerned about, but do this. Go do, uh, Jared, I know you have a, I hope it's still playing in Ankeny. Make a fucking afternoon and go do it. I promise you, you will have fun. Sounds wild. That sounds like a wild experience. So yeah, hopefully, I don't know. I got, I got to look into that theater. I know you've mentioned it. So we'll see if that's, that's the case. My one more thing. I don't know. I don't have anything too crazy. I think just Cody, you, you had given me a book like months ago. It's called what? True or false. The common sense of the actor or whatever. And I'm not done with it yet, but I'm like, you know, fourth of the way through and I'm learning some interesting things just kind of a mentality I guess and and the attitude of I don't know the arts I guess um, one thing specifically and again I don't know the direct quote but it's kind of you know they, they they're talking about luck and it's like oh well that person just got lucky and then you just keep telling yourself that and telling yourself that and it actually is hurting you of like never getting to where they actually are or something like that i guess i took that quote or that idea and put it into my perspective of like oh well the algorithm picked them up you know and sure that is obviously a factor but like it, it's not everything i don't know it's pretty interesting so far i'm glad you're getting into that there's a lot of value in there it's about acting but it as you said mm -hmm. it extends when I was reading it, the, the reason I was like, I got to send this to Jared is there's a whole section, if you're not there yet, at this, I hope this isn't a spoiler, and it's basically about making stuff for the audience and what they want versus making, making what you want to make and doing it your way. There's an interesting section on that that if you haven't gotten to yet, I think mm. will we'll stick out. It's a good book. True and False is what it's called. And it's like, it's cheap. You can get it on Amazon. It's easy to find. Big recommend for anybody out there who's, even if you're not into the arts, it's a good life book too. My one more thing. Started another show during Over the Break. Had a little bit more time to watch TV. Something I'm liking watching because uh, I'm already paying for the premium channel. 
to watch Dexter on Showtime, but it's Yellow Jackets is the name of the show. Oh, I've heard uh, such good things. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Essentially, it's a show that takes place in the past and then in the present. I believe it goes back to like the 90s. But essentially, this group of girls who are a like, nationally ranked soccer team, they're on a flight to go play in a tournament. The plane crashes. There were some survivors kind of some weird stuff going on like definitely a mystery because they're you're kind of peeling back the onion here they're def- they allude to some weird stuff like people in robes and things like that Whoa. it also shows the the past stuff and then it also shows them now as adults and kind of stuff they're going through now definitely has like a not a horror vibe to it but like a there's some comedic moments but it also has a bit of like a almost like a ready or not or Something like a happy death, like no, not happy death. They like more a like a ready or not. Twist yeah, or dark, dark comedy almost. There are some like I think probably horror elements. It can get pretty gruesome. I'd say there's maybe a few jump scares, but it's not, it's definitely not like too seriously scary. So I, I think it's got a cool vibe to it. I'm really liking it so far. I think I'm like three episodes in and still don't know what's going on. I mean, definitely giving me clues, but I like it a lot. So if you have Showtime, I'd say check this one out. I'm in for this on structure alone. To me, the vibe it puts out is you could because you get the current and the past. It's it's like if you were sitting with the survivors from Lord of the Flies and mm. you're watching them, and I've not seen a lick of this, just the trailer, but you're seeing them and you're wondering, well, okay, why are they this way? Why are some of them missing maybe that are in the flashbacks? And then they go to the flashbacks and explain it and, and you're kind of figuring stuff out in both of those times at the same time and learning about characters in both. I'm in just for that. Like, as soon as I saw this trailer, I was like, I gotta fucking watch this. It's coming out, yeah. like, weekly, though, right? It's not all out to binge yet. Yeah, but it's it's getting to- close to being done, I think. It might only be a few more weeks, because I think it's, like, a week after Dexter ends as their finale. But then, also, Showtime has coming up this new series with Joseph Gordon-Lovett. I think there's a couple other, like, big names. It, but it's about how Uber started. So kind of like a social Ooh. network, but with how Uber started. And so I'm really interested to see that one, too. There's some, like, actual names involved with that one. So I'll well, probably be keeping my Showtime account for a while. Sounds like Showtime has been a hit lately. You're getting a lot of value out of that. So Sustig and Yellow mm-hmm. Jackets, the Uber story coming out soon. Jared's in the books, reading True and False, which is a recommend. And if you can get to that 4DX theater, do it, do it, do it. This week in One More Thing. But I'm down to one more thing. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Hopefully we won't disappear on you again, but it was good for us to take a little bit of a break and and we are charged back up and excited to be uh, doing this again. So uh, hopefully you guys will jump in the comments out at sociallyconstipatedpod.com. Also make sure you're still following the socials, all that stuff. We're working on some some new things, so you're going to want to stay up to date. We also, we have not yet scheduled our next live entertainment outhouse, but we will be doing that in January. So keep an eye out on the socials for that announcement in the coming probably week or so. And make sure you're not missing anything on JBuck Studios, uh, either out on TikTok or on YouTube. We're going to be back on Monday with Socially Constipated, so you'll get to hear a little bit about what we've been up to since you heard from us last. Gridiron Grunts is also back in action. Seth and I are leading you into week 18, uh, last regular season game of the NFL year, and we'll be back weekly to, to talk you through the playoffs. So we are back in action like the Looney Tunes as we get back into a regular swing of things to start out 2022. But uh, don't forget to get in the comments. Let us know what movies you think we stiffed for our 2021 lists. Sometime soon we'll be talking about what we're looking forward to 
in 2022. We'll also be talking about the TV shows that we really enjoyed from last year on an upcoming episode as well. So if you haven't had your fill of recaps yet, uh, stay tuned and we'll be back with a lot more. For now, though, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Entertainment Outhouse. Enjoy your movie weekend. Lots to catch up on. If you missed anything we mentioned tonight, keep it locked and we'll be back with a lot more. For Jared Buckendall and Seth Ott, I've been Cody Michael, and we will see you next time. Bye.